0: Good morning, welcome to Axios Today. It's Friday, July 17th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's how we're making you smarter today. An inside look at Joe Biden's plans to tackle an impending foreign policy nightmare. Also, a glimpse of the fight ahead in Congress to get funding for schools struggling with the pandemic. It's a big topic on many people's minds with the countdown to schools reopening ticking down. The unique burden we're placing on teachers is today's one big thing.
1: To the extent possible, our default should be to try and get the children back to school.
0: That's Dr. Anthony Fauci speaking last night to Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook.
1: Having said that, you've got to look at where you are location-wise. You have to say, wait a minute, do I have to close the school for now or can I go back? But in order to be safe, do I need to do it in a modified way? Paramount is the safety and the health of the children, as well as the safety and health of the teachers.
0: This week, school districts around the country started announcing decisions on reopening. Some of the largest, like L.A., have already made the decision to go online only for the coming year. But many are talking about hybrid models that combine distance and in-person learning. Kim Hart is the city's reporter at Axios. Regardless of what plan they're going with, I asked her if she thought districts were ready.
2: We are definitely not ready. I think the uncertainty is what is the most troubling to the teachers that we spoke with in Ohio and Indiana and Florida and across the board. It's just the lack of confidence that the districts have done their due diligence and have their best interests at heart and have thought through all of the different scenarios to make sure that they are safe and that the children are safe.
0: To do that, some schools are planning on hybrid models, having the best of both worlds, if that's possible now. Kim Hart looked into what the hybrid model is.
2: That means that some students will go into school, some will stay home and do all virtual instruction, and some may do a mix of both. The workload on teachers and doing that hybrid approach is actually really high because it means they're having to prep lesson plans for both in-person learning and remote learning. Both of those are actually pretty different in how you approach a lesson. One teacher even put it that it's like 400 percent more work than if they were doing just virtual or just in-class instruction.
0: Beyond a heavier workload, A large percentage of our nation's teachers are also dealing with pre-existing conditions, including age or illness, that puts them at an increased risk for the virus.
2: A recent study by the Kaiser Family Foundation found that nearly 1.5 million teachers, that's about one in four, teachers do have a condition that could make them more vulnerable to COVID. And for a lot of those, I mean, they're really worried about what it means to go back.
0: Rachel Seney is a high school teacher in Austin, Texas. She comes from a whole family of educators, and she's terrified for her mom who teaches near Houston. She's in her 60s. She's going back to school face-to-face in mid-August.
2: And they've been real clear about it. If you don't show up, you don't have a job.
0: In Austin, public health officials advise school districts to first start online for a few weeks. The tentative plan is to transition to in-person classes in September an outbreak in that school, that's going to affect the whole community, whether you have kids there or not. Many of us know teachers. And from public school teachers, I've heard about the ritual of having students, particularly at the elementary level, bring in their own hand sanitizer and disinfectant. Now, during the pandemic, will they also have to bring in extra masks? All of that equipment, plus needs like laptops and Wi-Fi, is going to be expensive. Most of school funding happens at the local or state level. But those budgets have been decimated by the pandemic. So teachers unions have been arguing for more federal funding. Lily Eskelson-Garcia is the president of the National Education Association. It's the country's largest teachers union.
1: You're going to need a
0: face mask, the PPE. You're going to need some very special ways to disinfect and sanitize the places that little grubby fingers are going to touch. The NEA estimates the price tag for all of this is $200 billion. Most of that is to keep teachers from being laid off. The rest is for PPE and the other educational needs created by the pandemic. This funding was already approved by the House of Representatives in May when they passed the HEROES Act. So now the NEA is pushing the Senate to take it up when it considers the next round of stimulus funding. And if we don't get help from the federal government, then we are looking at upwards of a million or more teachers and support staff
1: that are going to be laid off. We're going to need a lot of help if we're going to open schools safely.
0: Here's the big picture. We've been talking about teachers, but the reality is there's lots of school staff here to consider. Bus drivers, cafeteria workers, school nurses. Schools are often the heart of a community. Without schools starting, the rest of a community can't get going, can't go to work, can't move ahead. But the important details, how to start school, how to keep kids safe, how teachers can adapt while keeping themselves safe, all seems up in the air. We'll be back in 15 seconds with a look at how Joe Biden plans to juggle the various world crises we're facing. Welcome back to Axios Today. Axios Insider is a sneak peek into the conversations we have in our newsroom. Hans Nichols is with us. He's one of our political reporters. Hey, Hans. Morning. Hans, I wonder what you were hearing from inside the Biden campaign about what his foreign policy platform will look like.
1: Dread. I mean, you hear two things from the Biden people. You hear the official campaign policy, but underneath it, you hear this tone of concern because they say there's almost going to be a perfect storm of foreign policy issues that they simply cannot avoid. Now, one thing I've heard from sources repeatedly is that Biden has muscle memory and the muscle memory that he has is to rely on allies and partners first. And the hope is that muscle memory does kick in. On top of that, there's COVID. You've got to do something on COVID first, both domestically and internationally.
0: When you say COVID has foreign policy implications, what does that look like?
1: Well, one, there's just the medical and the pharmaceutical side of it, a vaccine. Number two, there's instability that it could lead to across the globe. But more sort of the point, there's going to be, at least they worry, about not just a global depression, but also a global food shortage. And on top of that, an emerging debt crisis in emerging markets. Those are difficult things one at a time, but all together, it's going to be difficult. And they acknowledge that. And, you know, the old idea of sort of doing things in order, sequencing, sequencing might be dead. They don't have the luxury. They certainly don't feel they have the luxury to do it that way.
0: Hey, Hans, thank you. Have a great day.
1: Have even a better day than Mike wishes you.
0: It's Friday, so before we leave you, let's have some fun. Here's one thing to brighten your day. Who would have thought that the world, the world would close everything. CBS Miami television reporter Frances Wang wrote and filmed her own pandemic parody of This Little Mermaid hit. And when I saw it pop up in my Instagram feed, I wanted to share it with you. Thanks, Francis. I'll tweet out the link to the whole song. That's it for us this week. Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. We're produced by Carol Alderman, Nuria Marquez-Martinez, Kara Schillen, and Naomi Shaven. Alex Sugiyara is our mix engineer. Sarah Kehilani Gu is our executive editor. Special thanks to Axios co-founder Mike Allen. And thanks to Kim Hart for her help with this episode. At Pushkin, our executive producers are Lital Malad and Jacob Weisberg. You can write to us at podcasts at axios.com, and you can find me on Twitter, at Nylabudu. Thanks for listening, stay safe, and have a great weekend.